2: Here's a message from Friends of the Show.
1: Hi, I'm Conan Liberian, and I don't have a podcast. I do, however, like most of us, have the need for a place to store, organize, customize, and create my tabletop campaigns, thoughts, and ideas. That's why you should check out obsidianportal.com. Customization that will match any need you have, a fantastic community, and an experience in and of itself that will get your players engaged, not just during the session obsidianportal.com. Your players don't just stay at the tavern. Why should your game just stay at the table? Obsidian Portal.
2: Welcome everybody to today's show. We have got what is going to be a really amazingly chaotic show for you tonight. We are very excited to have some old and new friends on air with us tonight to kick off International Women's Month and our uh, our show series that's going to be featuring female and female presenting creators in the tabletop role playing game space. Really excited to be starting that off tonight. But before we get into introducing our gaggle of guests here, Mr. Miller, Uh, Mr. Miller, uh, good evening. (laughs) How are you guys tonight? How are things going? How's the road? life there they're
1: doing pretty good super excited we did not fry the entire electrical system on our rv that was wonderful news because we committed a rookie mistake and plugged it into something we shouldn't have but it came (laughs) back from the doctor today and all is well i'm excited about tonight's interview i have been since i saw it land on the docket and honestly knew that it was coming from the moment the rainbow dice club formed this should be so much fun josh is definitely right with this many people it's going to be chaotic but i'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be chaotic good
2: It can be amazing.
0: So I'm going to jump in here and first of all, just clarify, Glenn was talking about the car doctor, not the doctor, the doctor. The RV doctor. Thank you. Much more hands-on experience than school experience, I would imagine. But at any rate, I want to say that I don't think this is going to be chaotic good. I think this is going to be chaotic legendary. (laughs) What's yes, 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 very yes, very nice, out. Lee. Winnie, again. Very <laughs> nice. You. Good
1: branding. Good branding. Where to, to bring it back home.
0: I'm having a great time. This week has been interesting and fun. Lots of things are kind of rolling a bit better my way. On the personal side, I've made some choices that are making my life easier and better and more productive. I've made the decision to finally get some professional assistance with my ADHD. And uh, a few days into my medication, I can tell you for a fact, I am feeling better. This is very early, right? So all I can say is if it improves from here, it's going to be wonderful. I don't know how to best describe it other than to say I have lived 51 years of my life with white noise in my head that I find remarkably distracting. And for all the times that you've known me where I have been singularly focused and driven and all of those things, the part that most people don't see or recognize is how exhausting and challenging and difficult it is to do that. Over the last couple of days, the fact that I was able to do that without all of that additional effort, I asked my wife the question, is this how most people normally feel in life? Like, what the hell was I doing for the last bunch of years? Why wasn't I doing this earlier? It's pretty exciting. And just the way I was able to work last night on podcast stuff and writing, I noticed a difference. But suffice it to say, if you've got things going on in your life, talk to who you need to talk to, involve professionals, get your stuff handled. Don't be like me and wait 51 years to figure out it's finally time to make a good decision for your own well-being. Do that today. Generally I'm having a great time did some amazing writing over the weekend and at the beginning of this week and looking forward to getting ready for my Star Trek Adventures game that's coming up we start our very first session 0 is Sunday, so three days from now, I'll be dropping System Zero making characters. Absolutely psyched. And I'm in a great headspace for that game, just burying myself in Star Trekness.
2: Congratulations, Luminico. Really excited to go ahead and see how this shapes up. We've known you for a really long time and glad to see that you're taking care of business. No, I'm Thank super
0: you.
1: proud, man, that you're doing that. I 100% feel what you're saying because my first experience with AD meds, which I talked to you all about, which was a few months ago also, the way that I described it was like, it was weird to always be writing behind my own eyes. Because normally my brain was so scattered and distracted, it was going in so many directions. It almost, I almost always had that like half dazed
2: perception going on. Let's roll in here and and introduce our amazing guests tonight. So we got the entire crew from Rainbow Dice Club here tonight. Lex, let's start with you. Give a little introduction for our listeners and tell them who you are.
3: Hi, everyone. My name is Lex. I am the DM for the Rainbow Dice Club podcast. My pronouns are they, she. I do my absolute best to wrangle the group of absolutely wonderful humans that I work with on a regular basis. But if you've been following the podcast, you know that sometimes is a shot in the dark
4: more so than (laughs) anything else.
3: I'm very excited to be here and I'm really excited to talk with you all. And also it's... One of the things that we talk about in some of our conversations as well is just how important mental health is. So it's awesome to hear other people finding that avenue towards mental health, not recovery because that's not what it is, but mental health resources that really make a difference in their lives. So yeah. really awesome for you.
2: To totally derail the show and make it about that. But yeah, for three old guys that fought mental health for a really long time. Right. Um, kind of, yeah. We have found it recently, I and it is sometimes about recovery, too. Something that I haven't really talked about a lot on the show is that two years ago, I stopped drinking. I have since found the magic of non-alcoholic beer. I stopped drinking because I drank too much, and sometimes it is about, it, about recovery, and it's about realizing how much better life can be when you're not dealing with all that well, bullshit, right? So It's always yeah. so, a journey. It's yeah. all
3: a journey, so it's always just great to see somebody discover that part of themselves and who they can yeah. be when they ask for help, because that's the hardest part, is asking for help.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Just excited to be here. Good story. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, voice that you have heard on the show before and that we have uh, had the joy of throwing dice with in, in a variety of capacities here. Ari, welcome. Good evening. Introduce yourselves for our guests or uh, for our Hello. listeners.
5: Yeah. Hi, it's nice to see you all again. It's been a minute, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I know it feels like it's been forever. I am Ariana or Ari. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Alara Spark, the half elf artificer on the Rainbow Dice Club podcast. Really excited to be here. Huge mental health advocate, so I can't not say anything, but just like kudos to everyone. You're all amazing. And yeah, going to keep it short.
2: (laughs) Cool. Awesome. All right. And Supriya, I think you're the one that I was told to talk to third. So there you go. How about (laughs) it? Yes.
4: Hi, I'm Supriya or Zoop online, Zoop machine online, meaning when you're online, you can look for zoo. Anyways, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ziva, whose pronouns are also she, her. She's a totally normal human aerialist.
2: Aerialist as in a like, a, like an acrobat?
4: So it actually stemmed from I started taking aerial classes at a local place nearby. Nice. So like hoop and fabric, silks and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But her favorite and my favorite is the hoop. Nice. Awesome.
1: I absolutely love that as a character concept and relating it into what you're actually. That's fantastic.
2: And Wayra, welcome to the show and give a little introduction for everybody.
6: Hello, everyone. My name is Wayra. I use she, they pronouns and I play Varys, the half-orc, half-elf barbarian in the Rainbow Dice Club.
2: Amazing. And
4: he uses he, they pronouns. That's
2: correct. Yes. Thank you, Supriya. Excellent. Thank you. All right. And last but certainly not least, Dusty. Welcome to the show.
7: Hello, everybody. Yes, my name is Dusty. My pronouns are she, they, and I play Ivy Nightbreeze Tinker Fay, a Circle of the Dead druid, and her pronouns are she, her. And personally, I am a little possum trundling through the forest. There
2: is so much in there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love the Did name to start. The name was great.
7: Thank you.
2: The name see was great, and said. Go last. Yeah, you when, see why I
3: asked that they
2: go last. Yeah, yeah. When, look, uh, I, okay. Yes. So I'm mm-hmm. taking notes here. Yeah,
4: I uh, wanted to say something uh, cool, but then there was the whole online confusion, and I just <laughs> decided to oh, stop it
0: there.
2: Oh, oh, don't think the whole thing about like your nickname being Zoop. I'm sure that there's a story in there somewhere, other than it's just like a shortened version of your name, Supria. So that'll come up again. Don't don't, don't feel bad. And,
0: and if there's one thing I can say to anybody who's new to tabletop journeys lean and steer into the skid and just when you think it's too dangerous step on the gas because that's <laughs> when we're having fun yeah exactly yeah yeah and this if is it totally a, goes think- off
1: the rails we can always cut it <laughs>
2: So I think that this is the first time that we've had five guests on air. So I am really, really looking forward to the chaos here. So I guess the first thing that we want to do before we potentially get into asking you questions more directly, who would like to give a synopsis about what Rainbow Dice Club is and that sort of thing? So we'll get into like where you can be found and stuff like that at the end of the show. But start off with, uh, with what is Rainbow Dice Club and why are y'all here? And how
0: Rainbow Dice Club
2: got started. Absolutely. The origin story. I see Dusty, Dusty firing in first there. So Dusty, I guess the microphone's yours. Have about it?
7: So I guess first and foremost, Rainbow Dice Club is a love letter to the LGBTQIA plus Dungeons and Dragons community. It started as a way for us to be together in a space that wasn't going to judge us. And it has been absolutely breathtaking to meet and play with these amazing humans That are in this little group that we've joined and meet and talk with the amazing people in our Discord server that we'll talk about later on, obviously. Yeah, I just, it started because of Ari, basically. Ari talked about wanting to start a podcast and I was like, hey, I would love to help you with this. We came up with the name together and we basically made the server as just like a way to meet people and try and see who would be interested in joining this very, like very LGBTQIA plus centric podcast and the support astounded us. It was so amazing to see just how gung-ho people were about it. And that's how we met Lex and Zoop and Weira who have become like some of my closest friends. (laughs) We like, We have these love fests every day and it is so great.
2: The three of us have something similar. I think. Uh, no, no, maybe, maybe it's not always a love fest. It depends on how progress on the book is going. Depending on whether or not it's a love fest or not. That's a but. No, that's absolutely sometimes amazing it's a wine things. fest.
1: Sometimes, sometimes it's a wine fest. fest. Sometimes it's a, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, but really beautiful. And for for folks out there that have not started listening to Rainbow Dice Club, you are really missing out. The action is really good. The story is really good. And So I'm really excited to see where it goes. Although apparently you spoiled a little bit for Wanika, who is not quite caught up yet. So that's a shame on him for not being caught up. That's really that's his own fault. So that's to be a-
0: fair, I am like 40 minutes behind. It's not like I've got three weeks of content to go through. But yeah. don't worry,
1: they haven't missed out. They can still start now. Yeah. It's still yeah, I mean, a very time. new podcast.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> there's time. Yeah.
2: Good. Go ahead, Ari.
5: I just wanted to say, I. I like to think that I'm like the Tom Holland of the group. I'm the worst about not spoiling stuff. So I shouldn't really be on interviews, I think, most of the time because I just get really excited. And then I'm like, oh, and I forget what I can say and what I can't. So I'm Mm. sorry I spoiled that for you.
0: (laughs) Perfectly okay. You know, what's interesting is that I had known you for several months And we've actually we had actually thrown dice together and played our two characters in that game or or connected. We were brother and sister and amazing characters, an amazing time role playing with you. I love that. And I didn't know you were bad about spoilers until I was listening to the pre show interviews with each of the cast, which I highly recommend to anybody Mm -hmm. who wants to start listening to Rainbow Dice Club. It's not that you have to. But those interviews were amazing, and I remember – I think I listened to – I, list, I listened to them out of orders. Listen listened to yours. I listened to Zoops, and I immediately got on our internal chat here at Tabletop Journeys and said, the next time we do an actual play, we need to get interviews with the cast this, yeah. because that was amazing. I'm not sure who had the idea to do that, but it was brilliant. It added so much to you. the overall experience. And I, I just I'm in love I with the show it, anyway. So uh, thank you. Uh, but that, it was that, that was really great.
5: It was a joy. So one thing that I love about our podcast is that we make 99% of the decisions collaboratively. Sometimes we have to make quick decisions. And if everyone can't, but any anything major, and they'll probably tell you I annoy them with every little detail that I'm like, Hey, everyone, just tell me if this is okay. But One of the best things about this experience so far is how much we've all worked together to make this what it is. So it's just amazing. And thank you for all of the kind words.
4: I don't think it's annoying when you ask us, like, is this okay? It's actually really important. And for the most part, I think that we don't have opinions as to whether it's okay or not. But what we know at all times is that when we do have an opinion it's going to be respected and heard. And that makes it really good.
0: If I can say in my nine to five job, there's a lot of discussions about meetings and things that happen. And one meeting I went to a while ago was just like my thought leaving that meeting was who's actually at the table making those decisions. And sometimes it's not even whether you wanted to make the decision. It's just being asked is so empowering. It's so just invigorating to say, you know what, somebody took the time to ask, my thoughts, even if I didn't have any, even if I was thinking <laughs> squirrel, rutabaga, or whatever the case may be, the fact that they took the time to ask, that meant more than the actual question itself or even the answer. And th- that's a pretty cool thing. And when you can yeah. find folks like I've found with Glenn and, and Josh, when you can find folks that you can do that with and feel that empowered at the end of the day, that there's nothing better than that. Yeah.
2: All right, gentlemen. I think I think sooner than we thought, we actually made it to the question portion of the interview. So let's uh, D20s to the ready. For those of you playing long at home, we tend to ask our questions in initiative order for fun, which which of course always opens up the door for uh, one of us snaking the other one's question, which is, again, it's just fun. Uh, let's see what we got here. Let's see. Yeah.
0: I got an eight.
2: Ooh, I got a 13.
0: And on the rainbow D20, I have a 16.
2: All right. Mr. Miller, then the microphone is yours, sir.
0: I. Like I said, I love the characters. I love the storytelling that goes on. And I know you spoke about it in one of your early interviews a little bit. But as each of you were developing, your decision was to play a D&D game. And then the decision was to homebrew so many elements of it. Brilliant, by the way. I guess my question is. As each of you homebrewed your subclasses and did that and went through that process, what did you find the most daunting about that process? What did you find the most rewarding about that process? And how many more big surprises are we about to get? Because I got one big one. There's a big reveal, which I'm not going to let go of right now. There was (laughs) a really cool reveal at the end of the episode that we just listened to. How many big surprises based on these subclasses are we likely to get coming up?
5: So the biggest, you said the biggest reward, I'm just going to throw it out right now, is the freedom to say, none of this feels right for the character that I have in my brain. And instead of trying to shove that character into a box or a subclass or whatever, Lex was like, then let's just figure it out. And I've only been playing D&D for a year. I just had my year anniversary like a week ago of actually playing tabletop games and things like that. Congratulations. To, thank you. To create a subclass was really scary and I literally put it off until the last second, like when I had no choice but to make the decision. I had a bunch of ideas in my head. It's hard to balance stuff. It's hard to it's hard to know until you're playing whether or not something is going to be too OP. But luckily we have an amazing DM who works with us, and we just as we go are like, okay, this isn't working. We're just going to change it to make sure that it fits. But the big thing for us is that we're trying to tell a cool story. So I'll let someone else speak on rules, but where Supriya likes to say, where rules light is how it goes. So would
0: that lead in, Supriya?
4: So my class is the only one that isn't homebrewed per se. It's wild magic. You find that out pretty quickly. And I think that there's more there's more homebrew in terms of who she is, like her heritage. But even knowing that the rest of the party has made their homebrew, subclasses has allowed me to be like, if there's something that I'm not particularly liking about this wild magic like the subclass of wild magic is, I know that I can make the changes that I want to make. And I do want to say, I don't think I don't think any of us are worried too much about stuff being too OP. Because we're telling a story, I think if it's a really, co- I say rules light because we're combat light. There is some combat, but we're much more role play heavy than combat. So even if we are OP when it comes to combat, who cares? As long as the story is good, and as long as when we do get into combat we can make it cinematic i think that's all that matters
1: that was a fantastic answer
0: i would also say that what i've recognized from the episodes of the podcast i've listened to is despite the fact there's not a lot of combat that doesn't mean there's not a lot of action there have actually been a lot of action sequences and a great deal of tension where you're like they're about to throw down and are they going to they're not ready for this right yet and you could feel that as an audience member so Rules light, it is. That's for the win, I would say. Here, are, uh, your thoughts on the question.
6: As far as homebrewing goes, I I found the most difficult part, like Ari said, was definitely to balance things. And honestly, I'm still working on Varys' subclass. It's half finished, I think, up until level ten. So we're still working on it. As far as surprises go, though, there's a lot. There's <laughs> going to be a lot of stuff.
2: That doesn't sound auspicious at all. A-
0: <laughs> I like surprises. I'm the one who does not like to find out about what he's getting for Christmas before he actually opens the wrapper. I and he loves surprise. a good plot twist. Yeah, I'm all about it.
6: I'm the same. I really enjoy those factors. And I really wanted to, my whole idea around making Varus and the subclass was to give the audience that. I wanted, That's what I wanted to create. And Lex has been nothing but amazing with helping me do that.
7: So I'm in the same boat as Wera. My subclass isn't fully developed yet. We actually just figured something else out for my subclass before we got on this call. But that was more born out of necessity than it was like actually sitting there and thinking about it. But Ivy's subclass, I could genuinely just talk. I could info dump about Ivy's subclass. I love her subclass so much. And yes, there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be coming with it. And it was very narrative driven. So we can just, I guess, really quick, this was talked about in the interview, but I originally was going to do a completely different character, right? And it didn't it didn't fit. So I called Lex 38 hours prior to our first episode. And I was like, Hey, I'm changing it. And they're like, Okay, get on the phone with me. And in 20 minutes, we had figured out where Ivy was going and who Ivy was going to be. And it just speaks to the collaboration, I think, of the group and how amazing Lex is as a DM to sit there and go, yes, and, which is the most important thing in D&D is the yes, and.
0: Absolutely. Last, but certainly not least, Lex, let us know. Tell us what we've got coming up. Tell us your thoughts. You've been managing the construction of the subclasses from the observation end and the, does it work with everybody else kind of end, but tell us your thoughts on this. So
3: when it comes to all of the homebrew stuff, first off, I'm a very new DM. This is my first major campaign that I've actually ever run. First ever campaign that I've ever world built for, that I've ever built from scratch, anything. And It's come to building up these homebrewed subclasses, homebrewed heritage, homebrewed backgrounds, everything like that. It again comes back to the fact that as a group, we all have been so incredible at talking to each other. We set the precedent very early of, this is not me being mean to you. We're trying to talk this through. We're trying to be constructive. And if it's not exactly what you want, let's make it, let's adjust it so that you're happy with what you're working with, but it also is working within the story that I'm creating. As for future surprises, there are a lot of surprises coming along the ways, and it comes from player backgrounds to who they are at their core, to some of the aspects of some of their homebrewed subclasses. But of course, the story itself is a surprise. Still, some of our most of our players still don't entirely know what's happening. Again, because I'm a new DM, so I'm working it out. But there are some really big surprises that come out within the next seven episodes or so from the time that you're hearing this podcast that will really answer a lot of questions as to who some of these characters are, or at the very least, where did they come from? And that's building the foundation for where they're going to go in the next arc in our story. So I'm really excited to see where we're going because honestly, Half the time when we go to record, it's a bit of a surprise for me where it's going to go. We've all played D&D before. You you can never predict everything your players are going to do. And this group really throws me for a loop sometimes. And that's not a bad thing. I love it. I think it's the best thing on the planet. And they keep the surprises coming every time.
1: Lex, hats off to you as a new DM from what I've heard so far and taking on Homebrew and taking on yeah. collaborative world building, and yeah. taking it on as an aired podcast right off the get go—that is impressive. Yeah. Great job! I
3: Absolutely. appreciate that. It's been a learning curve, but I also working with Dusty. Dusty has DM'd for other produced works in the past, and has some experience with collaborative world building in a whole as a whole. So it's they've been really helpful, but also again. This group is really amazing. This group as a whole has just—they can all attest to the fact that during world building, I would turn and be like, "Hey, I don't feel good about doing this, but can you help me out?" They all know that I actively despise naming things. I give them all. I'm like, "You can name it. I don't care. I will build everything behind what it is."
1: Oh my god! So does my wife.
5: You can name it. I just wanted to jump in and say that Wera actually built the the Pantheon of Gods and it's nice. super cool and you nice. probably don't know anything about it yet so I'm going to stop talking now but it's cool.
0: <laughs>
2: so there are gods you say. <laughs> there's
0: um, there's I, one, wonder- I there's one that I've come across the name and Varus climbed up on his on a on his temple. I, oh yes, uh, which I thought was awesome cuz I was thinking about just milling around my hometown and then just seeing somebody run up to the top of sacred heart church running past the crowd on a Sunday morning and climbing up to the top of the roof. And I'm like, that's interesting. That's the kind of tension I was talking about. But also
3: what would you have
0: done? You would have looked at them and just been like, I'm sorry, what? I probably would have tried to find out what they were up to when they were exactly. done. I, I wouldn't have followed him. I was terrified of heights at the time. <laughs> but I would have waited till he came down and then said, this is the kind of, this is the kind of troublemaker I need to be with.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, Zoop. Zoo.
4: Uh, I was just going to say, Lex, by the way, I have been meaning to, and I'm going to get it together. I'm going to give you a full list of names from all nationalities that you can pull from. Again, oh. I <laughs> hate naming things
3: with a yeah. burning passion. And every time that they all give me a throwaway name, I write it down and I'm like, that is an NPC. I don't Mm -hmm. care. It's an NPC because I didn't (laughs) have to name them. Can I give you a
1: a bit of magic trick on that one?
3: Yes, please.
1: Fantasy name generators.
3: Oh, I have a fantasy name generator. I have an NPC. There's an NPC generator that I use. My problem is that I want to try and get different A lot of them tend to be
4: very Eurocentric and I'm trying to diversify it. That's what I wanted to, can I mention other podcasts or, okay. So there, there is a group that does tales from the tower and other ones it's, Atreus, I think, is like the world that they they built on. And one of the things that I loved when listening to it, and I'm not a huge horror buff, but like one thing it's horror stuff, but it got me listening is their vast diversity of names. They used the name Rakesh for one of one of their characters. I think that was the name. And it was the first time I'd ever heard an Indian name in a podcast that was not about India or wasn't like run by Indian people. And it was, I can't even describe how heartwarming it was to hear a name that was familiar to me in a different way than the name Kate or John is familiar to me. And so that is definitely why that's one of the things that I want to do is give Lex a list of names from all ethnicities so that hopefully, you know, Maybe somebody else can have that experience while listening to our podcast.
0: That's amazing. I, yeah.
3: I have started using baby name lists from different countries. So that's been helping.
0: I absolutely I was love gonna, that. I, I was going to suggest that. But the other thing that I tend to do, because I find that in tabletop games, especially on the fantasy end, Names are sp- should bring an idea of a concept with it. It shouldn't just be the name. John McClane was one thing for Die Hard, and it, it actually brought an image. As you were getting to, like, you knew this was a tough guy, even if he was sitting at soft airplane, taking off his shoes. Because that name, once they said his name, you're like, okay, yeah, we're talking. This is a tough guy we're talking about. But we want to also give those kinds of feelings to people from other- from other cultures. My family's from Zambia. And one of the things that I found to be very helpful in the last year and a half that I made the conscious decision to be more outgoing and forward with my background, I've done two things. One, I have, while I have played some and anything that's already been playing has kept stayed the same, but I've been playing almost exclusively black or brown characters. And that's something I never did before. I, I think Glenn, who's been gaming with me longer than probably just about anybody else, certainly since
1: anybody, we were like twelve.
0: Since we're, almost all of my characters, because that's what fantasy was, were six foot tall, blonde, white dudes. Um, that's always what he did, because that's what I, I believed fantasy had to be.
1: It's what, and it's the what we were shown in all of our media and things growing up. Heroes looked
0: like. Yep. So when I made the conscious decision to change that, then it was. Go out and find art that matches that when I build a token. Build characters that are like this. Books like The Radiant Citadel showing different people body types, gender expression, color, skin tones, hair types, all of those things. And that was recent. I was doing this slightly before that. Like when I heard that book was coming out, I'm like, I need to make my point also. The thing that I found to be very helpful is Google Translate. So, whatever the theme of the character is, I put in variants of that in English, and I look for the translation in the culture that, I that I'm looking for. And then I try to find ways to take that name and either tweak it so it sounds more like a name than a thing, but it will always have that root word. So that's what it means. After I play in a play-by-post game, all of his spells, I took—I literally took all the D&D spell names and I translated them into either Swahili or Zulu. And I, whenever I cast those spells, I literally just say the name of the spell in that language, which that was a, fantastic. That
3: is a great idea for trying to, like you said, bring those languages and those cultures into play. I, it's a, uh, it's not obvious to the listeners because I don't, they can't see me, but I'm a white person, and I am trying very hard to be aware, be aware of that part of myself and the fact that. My worldview is not the same as anyone else's worldview. My culture is not the same as everyone as anyone else's. One of the things, like Dusty said earlier about bringing the Rainbow Dice Club to life was to create a safe and positive space. And that's not just on the basis of gender and sexual identities. It's just on the fact that anybody, regardless of their background, as long as you're a good person should feel safe within our community. And part of that is trying my best as a DM to bring aspects of other cultures into the world without making them look like caricatures or making them look like I am cherry picking almost. So it's been – it's definitely been a learning experience about trying to diversify things and – my uh, you guys can all correct me if i'm wrong but i've tried really hard to be as receptive to criticism and feedback as possible because everybody's a work in progress and i'm no different and but that's a really great way of trying to bring different languages and cultures into play in a pretty pretty seamless way
4: other than like when I play a Dragonborn, which obviously, then they have their own scale colors, or when I play a Genasi, in which case I played a Fire Genasi who had like rock black skin. Other than that, all of my characters, whether they're Indian or not, they have my skin tone that has my skin tone and every other game that I play anyone humanoid, they have my skin tone because that's the only time I get to see my skin in any character and I don't feel comfortable like I wouldn't feel comfortable playing like a Japanese person or someone of their skin color because I feel like I'm taking away that agency and so I feel like my options are Indian or white because white is the stereotype and I just I need to be able to see I I don't need to hold on to too much of myself in my characters, but that is one thing that I need to see that's very important to me. And then I think the other thing is that a lot of my characters are like, instead of being really tall and slender, try to like Ziva, her body type is styled after a gymnast, a specific gymnast, I forget her name, but she was going for the Olympics and that didn't work out. And they had recent like right around the time that I was Ziva, they had they had the documentary. like, and she was talking about how, like, people would call her fat and she's not even close, but incredibly muscular. And I'm like, that muscular, that beautiful build that's what I want to see there. And so, that's one way that I try to reclaim my own experience in my characters.
0: That's really cool. I absolutely laud and applaud you, not that you require that for any reason, but I'm impressed and that playing this game that you've consistently and started doing that, I wish I had. I have played so many games for so long so many different styles in front of so many crowds of various sizes at conventions and whatever. I actually do think about what if I had shown a different view then? Would somebody else have felt represented and would they be playing? Would they feel better about themselves right now if I had done that and at that table over there or this other table over there? And I really do think about that and how that plays out, and which is why I do it now. And I'm very, I'm purposeful about it. And I wish I had known better if I were to evaluate myself back then. Even if I had known better, I don't think I would have had the courage to do. I would have said, I would have been afraid that some of the places I went, some of the tables I played at. Certainly not the ones with Glenn and some of my other friends, but I would have been afraid that some of those places would not have been inviting. And I know that's the purpose of Rainbow Dice Club. And here at Tabletop Journeys, that's that's our purpose too. We want to create spaces where people feel safe to come and play, enjoy, learn, grow, and have a boatload of fun. My question
2: is, is- – aimed at Lex first but certainly I want to go ahead and get everyone else's impression first. So really what I want to know is I'm all about story origin and where did what are the various influences that kind of fed into your brain especially as a new time as a new DM? What did you read? What did you see? What did you watch to go ahead and figure out where you wanted this world to go and uh, and where you wanted the story to go? And uh, just a shout out also for collaborative world building that's very much my thing. I love collaborative world building. So uh, kudos as a new time DM using collaborative techniques So yeah.
3: basically when I started building the world I started from where we start our story which is Dragon's Nest. I there's this one anime movie called Your Name which story aside it's a beautiful movie. The animation is absolutely gorgeous and the setting of the story is in this town that's situated around a lake in the middle of the mountains that was formed after a meteorite fell. And I just thought that is an absolutely amazing backdrop to a fantasy story if we just make some adjustments. So when I thought about the town itself, I thought, but what if the lava from the falling star from the meteor that hits the, hits the mountaintop basically froze in an upward splash? So you've got these splashes of molten rock that have solidified around the edge of the of this crater and throughout the town and my thought for that really came from an anime that I watched and then it'll sound funny and I don't think any of it anybody in the group actually know this knows this when it comes to the story building but I was watching I enjoy watching kids shows on occasion because they're nostalgic and they're fun and they're easy to binge I was watching star versus the forces of evil on Disney Plus, And in that there's a bunch of portal hopping. And I just went, what if this was a world where typically you'd think there should be a fair amount of portal hopping where portals should be acceptable, but what is it's the opposite where they're actually illegal for some reason or another. And it creates some sort of division within the populace because of, whatever's causing that law to be in existence, go from there. And so that's where the idea for creating the rule that interdimensional travel in my world, in Memphis, or specifically within Oria, the country of Oria itself, interdimensional travel is illegal. And portals are viewed as almost banes upon existence, where it's, people are very skeptical of them, or they hate them, or they just... Are very wary of the idea of people and creatures coming from other worlds. It's almost the idea of, you know, how governments can manipulate the thoughts of people by using propaganda. What? No, not even a little bit. But it's the idea of like
0: twenty sixteen. Where do you live? Oh, I don't know. I live. (laughs) Yeah. Propaganda. We're not Weyro.
3: We're not in Canada. But the idea that. Because it happened 2,200 years in the past from the story of our – from the start of our story that portals became illegal. There's only so many people left in the populace that actually remember a time before that. So it's kind of bringing the idea of where does the truth stop and where does story and hearsay begin (laughs) within these laws and within these overarching decrees? And what happens – As that kind of devolves over time. So that's where a lot of my thoughts came from, came from an anime and from a child's TV show. And then as Dusty and other people have alluded to, I'm a big fan of the yes and method for storytelling. I prep very little and I go with what they say because I tried prepping a lot once and they didn't do what I wanted them to. And all of the stuff went out the window. And I just said, you know what? It's not worth my time to do all the prep anymore. I might as well just see what happens.
2: That's probably the best lesson that you can learn as a new storyteller. Is that, yep. <laughs> okay. and it's a, you know, it's a hard
1: one to learn. It took me years. Yeah. So again, yeah. that's off.
3: I just, I took the easy way of just being like, just yes. And it, at least for right now, I've got a story overarching yeah. that I'm going to nudge them to go through. But you'll even where we are at this point in the story, I believe we're only through in the middle of the second day that these characters have known each other. And we're seven episodes in (laughs) because they just keep going. And I'm just like, you guys want to stop and maybe stop for the night sleep? (laughs) And they're like, no, we got to go do this, that or the other. I'm like, okay. I guess we just
5: want to role play all the time. And we're actually, we're nine episodes ahead right now. So we have 14, 13 or 14 recorded. And there's only five, there's seven at this point that are released.
2: So we are chugging along. Chugging right along, yeah. And Lex, also kudos for taking on really heady topics. Like you're not, these are not like, and you're dealing with like the whole like the nature of truth and propaganda and how it impacts a culture that's not. Usually, where first time DMs go. That <laughs> or, may be my downfall. That yeah, may you know. be
3: my downfall. We will see. It is yet to be decided. <laughs> it's just what stuck with me when sure. I was building the ideas. And a lot of some things are still in flux in terms of figuring out different joining mm-hmm. factors to make sure continuity makes sense. I just didn't want to shy away from headier topics just for the sake of it being my first time DMing or it being okay. an actual play.
0: Cool. We talk a lot about style and different storyteller styles. The three of us have very unique styles that we all love to play in each other's games, but we each have a kind of different thing that niche. we tend to lean into, niche, focus on. And if that's yours, rock with it, because that that is one of the types of things that makes me want to listen. Anybody can run a box game. And they're fine but to me that's not significantly different than sitting down and playing monopoly it's when you can add a story that has a different layer in addition to the ones you just spoke about i'm thinking of some of the class issues that you've talked about between bosses and employees both in the tavern that the mm-hmm. characters inhabit both in the in the in the mines as well in the mines specifically security i believe there was a comment where it was like they're not paid enough to yeah. care so I love that comment. Nothing said to me this is a DM that knows what they're doing than that it's those little nuances that that really separate what would typically be well experienced DMs from People who are overly focused on the box text that are just getting started. There's nothing wrong with being in that position when you're just getting started, but there is a whole new level and you're already there.
3: I did buy like one, not a one shot, but like one campaign. I have the Curriculum of Chaos, the Strixhaven. I opened it and immediately got overwhelmed by how controlling and how like dictating it was. And as a DM, I was just like, this would drive me insane, at least right now where I am. Because it just seemed like there was so much going on. And to each their own. It just felt overwhelming to me. Um,
1: not the best one to have started with. Fair,
3: honestly. but also I mean, similar favorite. to Ari, I only have about 18 months of D&D or TTRPG Oh, oh there's no way for you
1: to have known that. Yeah, I'm just no. saying, unfortunately, you <laughs> yeah. chose one. that Absolutely none. <laughs> yeah, we were not big fans of that book either. There are things yeah, in it that were cool.
3: Yeah, there are things in it and I've gone through it and I'm like, this is really cool. But trying to figure out the storyline and get everything set up, I was just like, I'm not even going to attempt it right now. I need to figure out how I like to DM before I attempt to figure out Curriculum of Chaos, which might yeah. sound counterintuitive that my alternate option was to then create an entire world on my <laughs> like with a group and start a whole
4: homebrew world. But- no it made sure. more sense to me yeah,
2: not, sure. not as far stretches you might think yeah
4: yeah can um, i just say the first time lawsuits were brought up i cracked <laughs> up so hard i was like wait a second we are like t- it is after work we are in our fantasy world and there, there are yet.
7: lawsuits yeah
4: we're not there yet
7: there's no, always there that joke. Lo- there's always
3: no,
0: that joke there's, there's a mention of it yeah when, there's always that joke when of
3: the D&D party yeah. gets stuck in jail If you can go to jail, you can be sued.
2: Hey there, travelers. Do you want early access to all of our episodes? How about exclusive content, live broadcasts, and the chance to throw dice with your favorite hosts and fellow fans? You can do all that by signing up for our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys. But wait, there's more. For the next month, you can get a free coffee mug for signing up at the Adventurer level. Plus, Adventurer level Patreons automatically get complimentary copies of our latest book, The Traveler's Guide to the Multiverse, available on DMs Guild. We love doing this show for y'all, and your support helps us keep creating and producing great content for you. We have tiers to fit any budget for a monthly commitment, so join us today at www.patreon.com slash ttjourneys.
1: So that finally makes it my turn with my eight. <laughs> but that's okay. Sometimes going past is, last is best. You get to, you know, like that guy driving everybody home. I don't know, something. Anyway, here we go. So my question is going to be for everybody in the end. It's going to start with Lex as the storyteller and then go around to everybody else. and We'll, we'll see where it goes from there and how far we derail ourselves. We've talked about the setting a little bit and we've introduced the characters A little bit. But aside from the specifics that we just discussed, my question is, Lex, could you give our listeners an overview of the collaborative setting that y'all have built as the game is starting and people are coming into it? And then if you could, I'd like each player to give me their characters' perceptions of the world as they've experienced it so far.
3: Yeah. So we are in the country of Oria in the world of Minthis. This is a world that is full of a diverse populace of people of many different heritages and very different appearances. It's also a place that's filled not only with magic as we might know it in the DNPG world, but also it is brimming with science and scientific discovery, Aurea as a country is moving more and more into a golden age of technological advancement where technology is really taking the forefront of the major cities and the major driving forces behind the city, behind the country. We're starting to see the interactions between how magic and science tend to interact, but also the drawbacks to having people in positions of power who don't understand the other side. The idea of magic being the only, se- only thing can't be true, and science being the only thing can also not be true. And where our adventures currently are, we're seeing this kind of intersectionality of the portals being shut down due to scientific research, but also some intervention on the magical side where magic may be preventing some of the closures of those portals moving forward for whatever reason. So basically this world is brimming with conflict, both internally and externally. And that's where we meet our adventurers. We meet them in the town of dragon's nest where they by hack happenstance come across an animatronic that goes rogue for what seems to be both mechanical and magical means. So they start to dig into what could be causing these problems, what could be causing these issues that are co- creating chaos to run free and not necessarily good chaos. And they're gonna just dig into the secrets of Oria and the world of Minthis and maybe some of the worlds beyond, who knows?
2: That's fantastic. Yep.
1: Now, do you have a particular order that you think that I should go in for the the characters,
2: for their perspective on the world? Should we make Lex say who the next character is and then go around driving like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, you call out who's next. Good
1: idea, Josh.
5: Let's go with Alara. You find out pretty quickly that Alara is an artificer and she uses magic to a certain extent, but Lex and I worked really hard to try to make... Her magic, scientific. So most of what the spells, and I'm doing air quotes for spells, that you see in... The, tell. If I'm spoiling anything, someone just has to tell me to stop talking, by the way. But most of what is Alara's using science to mimic magic, to create magic, if you will. She has thus far in her life been a part of the scientific guilds. There's plenty of guilds across the land. And... We learn pretty quickly that some, Alex just alluded to this, but some guilds are okay with mixing magic and science, some not so much, some look down on it, some just don't want to understand it. Allura's pretty, she's very naive, we learn that very quickly as well, and so she's open to seeing new things and learning new things and she doesn't necessarily care whether or not they're magic or science, things are just interesting to her. And she very quickly gets a rude awakening after rude awakening, I think. And where we are in the story right now, ten episode, nine episodes ahead of where everyone else is. And her world, in a sense, is crashing down a little bit. Or at least her perception of the world is starting to... She's starting to see that everything she was taught maybe is not the way that it is. And that's going to be a super interesting journey, I think. I'm going to throw it to Weyra because Weyra tries to be really coy and secretive about Varys and... I am
6: not here for it, because I want to know all the things. I was really hoping that this wouldn't happen, but I f- should have fucking knew it. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> that, that's our one. You're fine. Okay. You <laughs> took the one. That's
6: good. I think the world of Minthis for Varys has been a very dark and dangerous place from the gecko, So he is really coming into a transition of light, I would say. This coming into Dragon's Nest, where he... Sorry, let me restart that. Where he came from, he's only really been away for five months, so he's really only been in Dragon's Nest for three weeks. And meeting this new group has been a bit of an eye opening as to what he could have had if he'd only left. Sorry, my computer just froze. I don't know if I'm still here or not. You are okay. You're fine. So yeah, he. It's like for him, it's coming into. It's like being. It's like drowning for a long time and suddenly just beginning to see the surface and i think this group is the light that he sees beyond it and that's what i'll say
2: nice that's not mysterious at all Wayra. that's
1: no <laughs> to give an awesome <laughs> answer that gave Ari nothing
5: <laughs> every time i get nothing every time i'm sick I mean, of it no, you, you all
3: really need to is. see our conspiracy theories chat that we have in our discord it's absolutely wild Ari since she does all of our editing she goes back and she's she'll always every time and I have this channel muted so I go in just to see what she said she'll every time just go why did Varys do this but what about that Lex said this weird thing what does that mean and every time I have to be like Ari sometimes it means nothing I promise you
4: and sometimes it
3: means it.
5: everything i would like to do an insight check please <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's No, not, not, not to totally derail but we were doing an ap recording on tuesday and we it was like a like pulp fiction like 1920s 1930s, 1920s kind of like yeah pulp fiction yeah and we were at horse races And Glenn's character was trying to decide which horse to bet on. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. one of the three horses that were like part of the story. He rode so poorly that he got like the old mare with three legs, right? Like in the back there. And of course – he kept trying to find this horse and kept trying to go ahead and figure like it, it kept coming up and finally i was like i made some comment about how like how interesting the coloring was on the horse because like a big red fish that ran down the, like, almost like a herring all the way down the side of her body it was very strange <laughs> like and totally a failed inside it, yeah. check that i just had to write out man i thought that horse <laughs> totally. was gonna win oh it was fabulous it was hysterical uh,
0: i gotta say where i love that answer because there's something about Varys and the way you are portraying that character that I truly and deeply connect with. I just get this life weariness about the character looking for a way out, but still realizing there are going to, there's going to be a day that I'm still going to have to be that guy. And I, I just love that element. It, it, I think I connect with that a little bit more than I might want to. But I'm here for it. And keep on with the mysterious answers. We're going to find out in the actions. <laughs> thank you
6: so much for saying. I'm really glad that he's coming across the way that I want. Because that's what I want. That's what I'm trying to portray. But I, you never really know until you hear from other people. So thank you for telling me that.
0: Absolutely. All about it. And even the way he like steps in and makes little comments. Our stinky, sweaty teenager. Oh, Justin, my (laughs) sweaty boy. (laughs) Yeah, just the way he's, you might not want to do that. It's kind of likened to that older person who has no desire to be a mentor, but he can't very well let somebody make the mistakes he made. And I just love that element. There's just, like I said in the other aspect, there's little nuanced things that are happening in these real short Moments within a role-playing scene or even when Varys might not even be the focus of that role-playing scene that are detailing so much of that character. That's – and that's happening with all of the characters to, to to a large extent. It's not just Varys. It's not just Ivy. Everybody has these little moments that just – Hop right out. What would be the worst spoiler to give, which is detailed in the episode Aftermath, heartbroken, emotionally distraught, waiting for answers that came in the proper amount of time, even though in the moment I was like, will you just tell me already? In those moments and in those discussions, so much character. So much character. And I won't say much more about that because I truly want everybody listening to this episode to go listen to your episodes in order so you get to that moment and really catch what that's all about.
1: No, you're ahead of me, Lee Wanika. Mm-hmm. I got to listen to some, but I didn't I've had a lot going on with the RV, but you've sold me on making sure that I yeah. listened through them.
3: <laughs> yep. You yep. gotta get through episode three to make episode four make sense. And yep. Yep. for anybody who hasn't listened to episode three yet, I'm really sorry about the end, but I'm also really not. <laughs> I love the end of that episode, but I'm it's... so sorry for the emotional damage. We yeah. all and lost our
4: minds to... when they paused for that. Yeah. I, we lost it. And yeah. you have to get through yeah. episode three to get to the hilarity that is episode five.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yep. Come on, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> 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 I've been waiting all night for that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on, on that nice. note,
2: I think
3: it's—I think it is our resident sheep's turn. All right, sheep. But you're <laughs> so.
4: I think Ziva is has turned out to be our resident turbo. She's not quite the brightest bulb in she's not quite the brightest star in the sky <laughs> and think but i think that means that she takes a lot of what comes to her in stride that she's been told about portals she 100 percent believes like there there's not a deep questioning aspect to her and also i feel like She's surprisingly carefree. As you listen, eventually you'll figure out that there's a surprising amount of trauma that she doesn't seem to carry because I don't think she understands that it's trauma. But yeah, for her, the world, I mean, her charisma is 20 and that's really worked for her whole life, I think.
1: I bet.
3: Sapria rolled annoyingly well when she rolled her stats, and I have it. We all watched it happen on camera to verify that it was accurate, and I think your flat roll was maybe a 17 or something. she got four 16s. I made her drop one to a nine because I just, yeah, was like, that's one, of my, not fair. one of my 16s
4: is a nine, and that's why she's a. <laughs> <laughs> I took it in stride. It's part of the storytelling. Would she have been so fun if I had not taken that nine? You made that nine your constitution. Don't forget. I almost that. made, I almost made, yeah. <laughs> that but, could be entertaining
1: you know, too, have a frail, sickly character.
4: Right. But she's an aerialist. So we realized there's there is no way that it could have been her constitution. It's there's no way it could have been her decks. There's no way it could have been her strength. So it was really down to wisdom and intelligence. And if she was going to survive, she had to have wisdom. So right. What was left was intelligence. I say all the time, not all the time, but I say often
5: that I always give Supria a lot of props for being able to stay so in character with a lower intelligence character, because I don't th- I don't think that I could do it. And she does it beautifully and masterfully. And it annoys Varys so much that it's like my favorite thing. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's the thing, Paragons of Perfection, if you happen to roll them out, they may be fun for a cinematic scene, but they just don't have much more depth than that. So that's really where the magic's going to happen. That's really cool.
0: I'm right with you, Ari. I struggle with playing low charisma characters. I often, when I have had to have lower charisma scores on characters or whatever the trait may be in whatever game system that approximates charisma, I struggle with it. I've had DMs say, that's not a 10 charisma person speaking. Do you want to redo that? I'll get that nice pleasant warning, or I'll say, how about I just say what I'm going to say, and then you make me do the roll at disadvantage, or something like that, because there's certain things that I just struggle being able to do. Easier to play above your weight class than to f- play below your weight class in any mental stat, because invariably, that's where your meta takes over. I, I know physics to a certain extent. It is tough to play somebody who does not understand That fall's gonna hurt.
4: Yeah. That's just hard. I as a person am a high int low charisma person. (laughs) Slaying the opposite is definitely there there's definitely a lot of times where I'm like, I see, I know, but I can't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It begs the question and I and please everybody forgive me for this brief waylay. I've never had a brief waylay ever on this show. (laughs) I'll be back in five minutes. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) This will be the briefest of the brief waylays. How's that? Back in the mid-90s, TSR came up with the Skills and Powers version of their 2E game. And the idea was to answer that concern. So your base stats were whatever they were, but then you got to manipulate these substats plus or minus two. And the idea was, for instance, I'll take Dexterity because I am not conventionally considered a dexterous individual. But the dexterity stat really came into two different pieces. One was your ability to aim versus the other, which is your ability to not be clumsy. I'm exceptionally clumsy under most circumstances, football accepted, but aim was something slightly different so you got to manipulate that stat same thing with health like or constitution or charisma so there's elements there's an element of charisma that you might be very good at and another one that you weren't and i really liked that mechanic i was sad to see that it didn't stick when three and three came out and on i actually look forward to trying new game systems that have nice approximations of that and maybe even who knows, building a system or building a subsystem in our game world that would do something like that for oh that God. exact reason.
5: You should definitely do that, because it makes a lot of sense. And I would play a game if you guys built a system.
4: Hey. I would like to Me throw too. it
7: to Dusty. Hi! Okay, so I have to be very careful with what I say right now. Very careful. I got my eyes on you. <laughs> I'm watching you. Okay. Ivy has been in this part for about two weeks, and... She is I think mostly confused <laughs> more so than anything which is pretty evident in the very first episode. She tends to leave situations that she's not fully comfortable in uh which is something I found out in game. I that was not a pre-planned thing. That was just Ivy walks away. <laughs> And it's become like a running theme. If she doesn't like what's happening, she's just going to walk straight away. And I think she really like immediately bonded with Varys specifically just because of that kinship. I think it's one of those instances where trauma bonds with trauma. Uh, And she, yeah, I'm trying very hard to keep it because it's one of those things where this, Lex and I talked about how this was going to go at the beginning and even a lot of it was a surprise to me, which I was very excited about. So I'm going to... Dusty gave me some free reign at the beginning. They
3: told me that they wanted to know about as much as their character would coming into it. So this character at the beginning does not know much about this world. And what they do know about this world is old information Mm -hmm. to some extent. And what I did was I locked our lore channel from (laughs) Dusty so that they wouldn't have access to the lore drops right beforehand and so i dropped a bunch of lore the day before we recorded the first ep- the first episodes and so the other three were scrambling around trying to like make sure they understood what was going on making sure that they had questions answered and there's dusty who's just my character is going for a <laughs> walk do, 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 do. why does that mountain look weird what is this why are what is this and it just That's all in game, their real reaction to learning the information as it was coming out. So it's very much, I think I view Ivy right now, at least as an envoy to the audience where she's learning about this world at the same rate as the audience. If the audience is confused, guess what? So is one of the characters. That's okay.
2: All right. I have a follow up and I, I, How much do you all as characters know about all the other characters at the other characters? Or like nothing? Oh, that's the best. Oh, that's the absolute best. Perfect.
5: No, it is is literally, I am so annoyed. Um, Like I am, because I just want to know. And so at this point by episode seven, I'm still not going to say it, but we know a little bit more about Ivy at this point. We know a heck of a lot more about Ziva by this point. You don't know much about Alara at this point, I don't think. And we still know nothing about Varys. Like, even I think it, no, I won't. Even at episode seven, we're still in the dark with where Varys is. And
0: they
3: don't, there's a lot of behind the scenes that goes on with trying to parse out the information bit by bit. Because, and maybe this is coming from me being a new DM, I'm very much giving the players a lot of control over how much of their character they want to delve into at a given time, because some of the backstories can be a bit much. One of them could delve into some kind of triggering content. And I have basically given each one of them, hey, if you want to start talking about this storyline, you're going to start doing this in game. You're going to start leaving these little trails here and there. Just cue me in. That's what you're going to do. And we're going to build it in. But they have been very diligent. They've all been very diligent about not sharing anything until it's come up in game.
0: That's amazing. That is absolutely not a new DM thing. I play in a game where characters were built and, they're paired off. It's a larger game. I think there's seven people in this game, seven players. And the characters were able to build their own backstory. And then they had to build some connection to one other character. And then nobody else really knows that much. We all know each other casually, but this is where we're all finally starting to get to know each other. And that is that is a very cool thing. I tend to play, like the game that Ari and I played, brother and sister in, the one who's most open. And that's just because I am also... <laughs> Bad about keeping secrets. Yeah, I like terrible at it. So I (laughs) the easiest way for me to do that is just play the person that's going to screw up and give up your secrets anyway, and therefore I don't have to worry about it. And
1: (laughs) you two played off of each other wonderfully, though. I really wish that was going to air. I really do. Um, that I was, was so excited for it. that was our One D and D playtest AP that we were going to run for two years to try to celebrate the new edition and mm. fuck, or, uh, oh, oh 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 second F bomb we're gonna have to boop that one but unfortunately I can't really put my, we can't really put ourselves behind One D and D right now it's
3: just one one big thing that we all just don't want to address when it comes to that stuff fair yeah. enough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Okay, so what are we going to do? Are we going to do a second round of questions? Because we're already at an hour and a half. So we're going to try to do a second round of questions, because if we're not, I have I a think very it's important been pretty, question that I think we should ask. <laughs> I,
1: I, I think it's been pretty inclusive and covered a huge amount yeah. of information and a huge amount of intrigue about mm-hmm. the story so far. How do y'all think?
0: I agree Do y'all with think her. that we've, we've
1: yeah. covered things in terms of the, your, the world and the characters fairly?
0: I think so. If I were to say a real quick, under a minute answer, maybe each of you could tell, give us one thing that we haven't talked about that you might want to mention in closing. So it's like a, a, a reverse lightning lightning round. Yeah. Yeah. Like just each of you, just like you, you got a minute. Tell us one thing about the show, your character, your experience with role-playing, your experience in the community. Just one minute to riff on anything that's, that strikes your fancy.
2: I say we go oh, – go ahead, Lexi, if you want to start your hand. Yep. Dive in. Yeah, have at it.
3: I'm just going to start by doing what we all do on a very regular basis and just say that I love these people so much this truly is and it's not just these four amazing people that i get to work with on a daily basis it is the entire community that we have had the honor to build so first of all thank you to ari and dusty this all started as a random post in a facebook group for D &D that blew up and we all got the amazing chance to meet i am A different person now than I was when we all met back in July of 22. It is, and I'm a better person for it. I really, truly love every single person here. This whole process and community has been amazing. Yeah, that's
6: my little elevator pitch. I love everyone.
2: Oh, oh that's amazing.
6: Lex, you took my thing. Yeah, I'm going to use this minute to gush about how much I absolutely adore this group. I almost didn't submit the application to be a part of this, and I'm so glad I did. I can't imagine doing this with anybody else. This group has ruined D&D for me in other games because <laughs> it's not the same. Like We just vibe so unbelievably well. It feels like I've known everyone forever. And then our community, I can't... I can't say enough about how wonderful our community is. And I love every single person who's come forward and been a part of it. And even the lurkers. Like they're pretty cool.
2: Dusty, how about you?
7: I guess my big thing is I'm just incredibly thankful that such an amazing that I'm having such an amazing time with this group of people. And it was literally born from I think not so much a throwaway, but most of Ari was like, you know what? In a couple years, let's and I was like, no, it's too. Sorry, let's do it right now. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I
1: see these are my people. It's the <laughs> F. Yeah. yeah,
7: I'm so bad. I'm so bad with it, but it was literally just go, oh, let's do it right now. Let's come up with a name. Let's, I even mocked up the world's worst logo <laughs> just so we had something. And <laughs> then we found in this community, we have amazing artists and, um, just people who are so passionate in what they do and to be able to be a part of that like our logo was created by somebody in our community our our theme music was created by somebody in our community everything we have done has been a person that we've been able to support from our community and that is just such an amazing feeling just to be able to do stuff like that
1: that
2: is fantastic yeah all right zoop how about you I'm just going to keep calling you Zoop. That's a great nickname, and so I'm not going to let it go. That's, yeah.
4: So, first of all, obligatory. These four are wonderful. (laughs) Ari, I know what she's going to say. It is incredibly special to have people to like message on a regular like I it's been a long time since I've had somebody to that like I message every day or anything like that or someone who I've felt like if I see a meme that I need to share and it's also it has ruined other gaming groups to a certain extent because in every other gaming group I have, there's at least one person that does not love me. And to get to play in a group where all of them love me is pretty incredible. But beyond that, I do want to, for your audience, make a push for try lots of games based on the story you want to tell. There are so many games out there. Don't limit yourself to D&D. D&D is great. D&D is great. We're sticking with D&D right now, but don't limit yourself. If you want to tell a story about superheroes. There are so many other games out there. Don't twist D&D into a pretzel that isn't what it's meant for. Go find some of the other games. There are great other games to try, especially like Powered by the Apocalypse and Fate and a whole lot of other ones. And then the other thing, Lex n- touched on this, but yes and is your friend. Stick with the yes and doors will open for you.
2: All right. All right, Ari. All right take us home. Okay.
5: One minute. Here I go. I don't know if you can tell, but we really love each other and it's an amazing (laughs) group. It is literally, I said it from the beginning when everybody interviewed, this was my dream team and it's here. And I don't think it wouldn't be the same if it was anybody different. I guess we should plug our podcast because that is important. I
2: was going to give you a spot to go ahead. Yeah, you can take that. Yeah, now. Well, I was gonna say like, Where can people find you? How can they get the awesome merch you guys yes. are wearing? I want one of those oh t-shirts. My gosh. So so that's-
5: actually, Lex made these for us. We hadn't really maybe. thought much about maybe having merch, but we just wanted to have something for all of us, but it's something that might be down the line. We have spent so much time preparing and getting ready for this podcast and crafting this story and building these characters. And we just hope that people are excited and they listen and they find as much joy in it as we do, because we love doing what we do. And we also love the community that we are cultivating. If you're not in our discord, everyone is welcome. As long as you're not, I'm not going to say a bad word, but as long as you're not a crappy person, you are allowed in our discord. It is a very nice community building. People promote themselves and share their art and we play one shots together and it's just really great and i'm rambling so i'm gonna stop now and that's it did you <laughs> like to plug our podcast did i Google oh it, yeah. rainbow Dust? no because i'm a low charisma we person to quote oh. Ari,
3: and we that's have now started lot. saying this on a regular <laughs> basis she said it once to dusty and we say it a lot Can you act like we're recording this for a podcast, please? I go, can you do that? We're on a podcast.
7: (laughs) So Um. we do have, we are on all social media right now. We have a Twitter, we have an Instagram, we also have a TikTok, and we are making plans to expand that TikTok specifically. So please be on the lookout for that. The links to oh
2: i desperately want to see rainbow Dance club tiktok <laughs> like i like in the worst way do i want to see rainbow Dance club tiktok Absolutely. i've got videos
7: planned i've already been writing my little lists down so that's going to be a lot of fun and the link to that discord is on our social medias we have a link tree we have the whole nine yards we're you can listen to all of our episodes
3: uh Mostly through Spotify, I believe we have them everywhere that you can listen. We're
5: also super prepared and professional for plugging this right now. Yeah. So we are at Rainbow Dice Club on all of the social
7: medias yeah, or a lot yeah, of them. Is. So find us and follow us and be our friends and listen to our. Oh, and we also story. have a Ko-Fi where you can Perfect. get behind the scenes stuff and episodes early, as well as the aforementioned RDCC. Also, and character, character journals. journals. <laughs> and
3: that's Rainbow Dice Club chat, not Red Dawn Combat Club to be clear, <laughs> or Rubber Ducky Chasing
7: Club. Hey.
4: Rubber,
3: rubber ducky,
5: ducky Chicken
3: Chasers.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> founded awesome. by Glenn himself.
2: Exactly. Amazing. I'm really glad oh. that
3: other people got to see the chaos that goes yes. through recording with this whole oh. party. We love it, <laughs> yeah. but it's always nice to have other people experience it too. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. This has been just a ton of fun. Like I said, it, this is I knew that this was going to be absolutely wild and off the rails, and y'all absolutely delivered. This was absolutely amazing. So thank you very much for taking your time. I know it's, it was late for us here on the East Coast. Anyway, on Thursday night, does a record with us? Yeah, let's take a look and let's see here. So what's coming up on the schedule? On Tuesday, after this episode airs, our actual play of A Divine Calling, we'll be interviewing them next week as we continue International Women's Month here on Tabletop Journey by highlighting female and female presenting creators and characters in the space. I'm really looking forward to that coming up here in the next couple of weeks. So. Yeah. Everybody, thank you. Thank you, all of you, for joining us tonight. It was just an thank absolute you. pleasure to go ahead and have <laughs> you on. Uh, and everybody out there listening to the show, please go check out Rainbow Dice Club. It is an amazing actual play, and it is run by these amazing people, so you're really going to enjoy it. Really, I got to get caught up myself. I'm, I'm almost as caught up as Lou and Inca, but not quite, so that's I'm <laughs> looking forward to see what happens with mine. Anyway, yeah, thank you all for coming, and thank you all for listening. Appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So go check out Rainbow Dice Club, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you very much, Thank everybody. Say, awkwardly wave. Bye. Bye.
6: Bye. Bye. <laughs> Good night, all.
2: Later. <laughs> all right. Thank you for joining us. This has been Tabletop Journeys. We would love to hear your feedback on our show today. Join us at www.ttjourneys.com, where you can subscribe to the blog to leave comments and see all the content that we publish beyond the podcast.
1: You can also stay in touch by subscribing to our Twitter, tumblr or instagram at Journeys, joining our facebook group tabletop journeys or by sending an email directly to podcast at ttjourneys.com our full episodes come out every week on friday and every tuesday features actual play and gameplay showcase episodes looking for early access you can support the show and get episodes before everyone else at www.patreon.com forward slash Journeys. Check it out today and see all the
0: awesome benefits we bring to our supporters. Lastly, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, iTunes, Podchaser, Spotify, or Audible, you would really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe to the podcast on that platform. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our growing community. And we bid you fair tides, friends, for Legends week.